Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Mesdames et messieurs, bienvenue à la téléconférence des résultats financiers du quatrième trimestre 2020 de Cascade. Je m'appelle Simon et je serai votre opérateur aujourd'hui. Toutes les lignes sont présentement en mode écoute seulement. Suite aux commentaires des dirigeants, il y aura une période de questions. Good morning, my name is Simon and I will be your conference operator today. At this time, I would like to welcome everyone to the Cascade fourth quarter 2020 financial results conference call. All lines are currently in listen-only mode. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. I will now pass the call to Jennifer Aitken, Director of Investor Relations for Cascade. Ms. Aitken, you may begin your conference. Thank you, operator. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining our fourth quarter 2020 conference call. We will begin with an overview of our operational and financial results, followed by some concluding remarks, after which we will begin the question period. The speakers on today's call will be Mario Poole, President and CEO, and Alan Hogg, CFO. Also joining us on the call are the presidents of Cascade's business segments, namely Charles Malot, President and COO of the Container Board Packaging Group, Luc Langevin, President and COO of the Specialty Products Group, and Jean-David Tardif, President and COO of the Tissue Papers Group. They will all be available for the question and answer period at the end of the call. Before I turn the call over to my colleagues, I would like to highlight that Renault de Medici's interim report released on February 16th can be viewed on Renault's website. I would also note that certain statements made during this call will discuss historical and forward-looking matters. The accuracy of these statements is subject to risk factors that can have a material impact on actual results. These risks are listed in our public filings. These statements, the investor presentation, and the press release also include data that are not measures of performance under IFRS. Please refer to our Q4 2020 investor presentation for details. This presentation, along with our fourth quarter press release, can be found in the investor section of our website. If you have any questions, please feel free to call me after the session. I will now turn the call over to our CEO, Mario. Thank you, Jennifer. Good morning, everyone. I would like to begin our call this morning by acknowledging our appreciation for the dedication and resilience of our employees throughout the past year. By taking our customer, supplier, and communities in which we operate for their continued strong partnership and by taking our shareholder for their ongoing trust. We are very pleased with our strong fourth quarter consolidated performance. It exceeded expectations for the period, given our cautious outlook due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. Our operation delivered solid results in the last three months of the year and drove our third consecutive year of record annual adjusted EBITDA level in 2020. Broadly speaking, Results demonstrate good execution at our facility and benefit from our margin improvement initiative begun in the first quarter of the year. Annually, this program generated approximately 75 million of adjusted EBITDA improvement in 2020. Alan will give you more details in a few minutes. Subsequently, fourth quarter results were driven by container board which benefited from strong demand in both the manufacturing and the converting side. The tissue segment also generated strong quarter-over-quarter results, providing an improvement-adjusted EBITDA margin of 10.5% within the context of continued away-from-home product demand pressure due to the pandemic. Adjusted EBITDA of 166 million was 2% above Q3, and 9% above the same period last year. On a consolidated basis, our adjusted EBITDA margin was 12.9% in Q4. Slide four and five provide details for each of our business segments. 
On the raw material side, highlighted on slide 6, the Q4 average index price for OCC more than doubled year-over-year and increased 12% compared to Q3. This is largely a reflection of higher domestic demand levels for this fiber as containable production levels have responded to pandemic buying patterns. Combined with strong export activity to South Asian countries, average prices for white recycled paper grades decreased 15% year over year in Q4 and were down 26% from Q3 levels. On the virgin pulp side, hardwood and softwood pulp prices were essentially stable both year over year and sequentially in Q4. Moving now to some brief comment on the performance of each of our business segment highlighted on page 8 through 11 of the presentation. The container board segment generated a slight 1% decrease in sales sequentially. Shipment decreased 3% from Q3, reflected, reflecting usual seasonality of sales mix. Jumbo roll shipment decreased 6% reflecting a 1% decrease in capacity utilization rate and a 2% increase in integration rate. On the converting side, shipment increased by 1% sequentially in millions of square feet, in line with the Canadian uh, market, but below the 4% increase registered in the U.S. market for the period. These were offset by a 2% increase in the average selling price. Q4 adjusted EBITDA of $110 million, or 22% on a margin basis, increased 10% from Q3 levels. This was driven by lower raw material and operational costs, and a more favorable sales mix and early benefit from the November 1st price increase. These were partially offset by lower volume and higher labor and freight costs. As a reminder, Q3 result also included an approximate $3 million impact related to operational stop at our Niagara Falls complex due to maintenance and a disruption from the mills outside steam suppliers. Manufacturing downtime related to plant maintenance and capital investment of 9,200 short term were taken in Q4. Below the 11,400 short-term taking in the third quarter. Our tissue business fourth quarter sales decreased 5% sequentially. This was largely driven by a higher volume linked to year-end fulfillment of contractual annual volume, with shipment level up 5% from Q3. A higher average selling price and a more favorable mix of product sold were also positive contributors, while the 2% appreciation of the Canadian dollar was a net negative to sales levels. Adjusted Q4 EBITDA increased 4 million sequentially, reflecting lower raw material costs and higher average selling price and volume. These were partially offset by a more elevated production cost and transportation and energy costs. We are pleased with the improvement in tissue, which despite continued demand impact related to COVID-19, generated an impressive 510 basis point margin improvement this year when compared to 2019. European box board operation at a good quarter. Q4 sales decreased 3% sequentially, reflecting the usual holiday season in shipments. Adjusted EBITDA decreased 2 million from Q3 levels, reflecting a lower average selling price and volume, the effect of which was partially offset by lower production costs. Specialty product segment generated solid Q4 results sequentially and year over year. When compared to the prior quarter, Q4 sales increased by $6 million, driven by stronger volume in multiple fiber-based packaging and more favorable pricing in sales mix. These were partially upset by lower sales in the plastic packaging and less favorable exchange rate. Adjusted EBITDA levels decreased by 1 million sequentially. I will now pass the call to Alan, who will discuss the main highlight of our financial performance. Alan. 
Thank you, Mario, and uh, good morning. So uh, I will begin with an overview of our KPIs on slide 13. So our fourth quarter shipments decreased by 9,000 short tons, or 1%, from Q3, uh, driven by a decrease of 3% in container board and a slight 1% decrease in Europe. These were partially offset by a 5% increase in tissue shipments in the period. The third quarter capacity utilization rate of 92% increased 2% compared to the prior year and 1% from the third quarter levels. Average working capital came in at 9.6% of sales, down from 98 in Q3, while consolidated return on assets stood at 13.1%, up from 128 in Q3. Moving now to sales as detailed on slide 14 and 15, year over year, Q4 sales increased by 57 million or 5%, driven largely by volume increases in container board and specialty product segments, favorable pricing and mix in tissue, and a beneficial foreign exchange rate for the European box box segment. These were offset by lower volumes in tissue, less favorable pricing and sales mix in box board Europe, and negative foreign exchange rates for both container board and tissue. On a sequential basis, fourth quarter sales increased by 9 million or 1%, largely reflecting better pricing and sales mix in all North American operations, and higher volumes in tissue and specialty products, partially offset by less favorable foreign exchange for all North American segments. Moving now to operating income and adjusted EBITDA, as highlighted on slide 16, Q4 adjusted EBITDA of 166 million increased 14 million from the prior year level. All business segments generated stronger year-over-year results with the exception of corporate activities. Sequentially, Q4 adjusted EBITDA increased by 4 million or 2% as shown on slide 17. This was driven by stronger performances in container board and tissue partially offset by slightly weaker contribution from corporate activities. Adjusted EBITDA for the year reached 675 million, an increase of 71 million or 12% from 2019 levels. This improvement reflects the good performance of European box board, specialty products, and in particular, our tissue segment, the combination of which offset the decline in container board. Our adjusted EBITDA margin came in at 13.1% in 2020 compared to 12.1% in 2019. Moving now to slide 19 of the presentation. In the first quarter of 2020, we initiated an important profit margin improvement program for our North American operations, focused on improving competitiveness, efficiency, and productivity thereby limiting the potential negative effects related to economic downturns or adverse market conditions. A similar program was already underway in the European operations. The program is built on five strategic pillars, net revenue management, production efficiency, optimization of sales and operations planning, supply chain efficiency, and organizational effectiveness. The objective of this program is to improve our adjusted EBITDA margin by 1% annually in 2020, 2021, and 2022. With these improvements calculated from the levels of 2019, our baseline year. Although the pandemic delayed the implementation of some initiatives, we were able to exceed our target for 2020 by achieving approximately $75 million of adjusted EBITDA net of related costs to implement these initiatives. These benefits offset some negative impacts related to COVID-19, increased raw material costs, and reduced selling prices for certain products. Slide 20 and 21 illustrate the specific items recorded during the quarter. The main items worth mentioning are a $40 million gain from the sale of a building and land of a closed container board facility in Ontario, $13 million of impairment charges following the revaluation of certain assets in tissue and boxboard Europe in light of current market conditions, and a $8 million of restructuring charges associated with profitability and restructuring initiative. 
Slide 22 and 23 illustrate the year-over-year and sequential variance of our Q4 adjusted earnings per share and the reconciliation with the specific items that affected our quarterly results. As reported, earnings per share were 72 cents in the fourth quarter. This compared to a net loss per share of 27 cents last year. Both periods included specific items. On an adjusted basis, EPS increased by 12 cents compared to last year results. Higher printing results and lower depreciation expense were offset by higher financing expenses. On an adjusted basis, sequential fourth quarter earnings per share de decreased by $0.08 cents per share from Q3 levels due to a positive impact of tax assets reassessment of prior year's losses recorded in Q3. As highlighted on slide 24, fourth quarter adjusted cash flow farm operations increased 45 million year over year to 152 million. This reflected higher operating results, lower income tax, and net financing expenses paid. Adjusted free cash flow levels increased by a strong 69 million year over year. Moving now to our net debt reconciliation as detailed on slide 25 and 26, our net debt decreased by 303 million in the quarter. This reflects strong cash flow farm operations, $120 million of net proceeds from the equity offering concluded on October 22nd, a positive foreign exchange impact of 71 million, and a favorable 60 million positive variance in working capital, partially offset by dividends and capex payments. For the full year, net debt went down by 284 million or 14%. Capital investments, the purchase of the CDPQ's equity in GreenPack, and our dividend, dividends payments were more than offset by strong cash flows from operations and the issuance of common shares. We reached our stated leverage ratio target, which stood at 2.5 times at the end of 2020, down from three times at the end of Q3 and 325 times at the end of last year. This, along with other financial ratios and information about maturities, are detailed on slide 27. On slide 28, we provide details about our capital investment plans for the full year. We expect to invest approximately uh, between 450 to 475 million in 2021, which includes 250 million of investments associated with our Bay Island conversion project. We will continue to prudently manage our cash flow and our debt profile with the objective of keeping our leverage ratio within a range of 2.5 to 3 times while we execute our balance project. At year end 2020, we had cash and revolver availability of approximately $1 billion. Mario will wrap up the call with a brief conclusion before we begin the question period. Mario? Thank you, Alan. Uh, we provide details regarding our near-term outlook on slide 30 of the presentations. As a reminder, this outlook is based on what we, uh, we are seeing today and may change in the coming month given the dynamic nature and the ongoing unusual circumstances. Difficult weather condition in the U.S. may also impact the supply chain efficiency in some of our U.S. plants. Our near-term outlook for containable segment is positive. This is based on a very strong continued demand in both the manufacturing and converting side and rollout of the announced price increases. The first price increase is expected to be fully implemented in the second quarter of 2021, and the second price increase will start to be implemented in Q2 and is expected to be fully in place by the end of the fourth quarter. These factors are expected to offset the impact of OCC price increase since the third quarter of 2020. We are expecting steady sequential results from specialty product segment. This reflects stable volume and uh, higher average selling price in mobile pulp and fiber-based packaging. Near-term performance in European box board is also expected to be stable sequentially with stronger volume and stable pricing offsetting higher raw material costs. Our near-term outlook for the tissue segment is less favorable on a sequential basis. This is largely a function of seasonality, sequentially comparison of a solid finish to 2020 as customer fill contracted annual order level, 
and expected cost creep in raw material. We foresee demand for away from home product remaining under pressure, giving continued business shutdown in North America, while demand for the retail tissue product is expected to remain stable. Pricing improvement will support results going forward, as will benefit being realized from the ongoing restructuring and modernization investment. Added to this, we remain focused on optimizing the production and cost structure of this business platform, the benefit of which we are beginning to see flow through result. To this end, we close our two paper machine totaling 55,000 tons of capacity in Pennsylvania in early December. The current converting plant was subsequently closed at the end of January 2021. We also announced the closure of our Laval converting plant scheduled for the end of June 2021. These closures are part of our network optimization plan and the volume is being transferred to other facilities. Moving now to raw material, the recovered paper market saw increased activity in the fourth quarter. OCC generation was robust, as was demand for the fiber with solid domestic demand levels and strong export activity to South Asian countries. We finished the year 2020 with good inventory levels, and we have not had difficulty securing needed fiber. We expect similar OCC dynamic to persist for the coming month, with domestic demand remaining robust. Slightly lower seasonal generation and persistent export activity and lower ship shipping container availability resulting in a tighter market. Conditions for the white rates were stable, helped by lower demands in the Wiffermont tissue product. Material has, has remained readily available and we have continued to maintain good inventory level. Looking ahead, the recent uptick in virgin pulp price will likely put an indirect upward pressure on costs. The virgin pulp market saw an unexpected and rapid surge in pricing at year end. This was driven by strong and likely underestimated domestic demand, extended plan and unplanned on time at pulp mill, and rapidly growing Chinese demand. The coming month will provide greater clarity as to how much of these market dynamics are being driven by fundamental versus short-term condition and speculation. Currently, our mills are supply and will continue to be supported by our long-term supplier relationship and good inventory management. Let me conclude by uh, saying that we are pleased with our performance in Q4 and very proud to have achieved a record annual EBITDA level for the third year in a row. In addition, we reduce our leverage ratio within an unpredictable and challenging business environment. We are also very proud to have been ranked 17 in the top 100 most sustainable company in the world, placing first in our sector in the Corporate Night 2020 annual survey of more than 8,000 companies worldwide. This highlighted our commitment to sustainability and our belief that it will create long-term value for Cascade and our stakeholders. These results highlighted the importance growing, growing operational and financial traction being generated by our modernization and margin improvement initiatives and strategic investment over the recent years. None of this would have been possible without our employees, their commitment to these initiatives and their dedication and resilience during these challenging times is truly inspiring. As always, their health and safety remain our top priority, and we applaud their diligence to the safety measure in place in all our facilities. With that, we will now be happy to answer your question, operator. Merci. Si vous voulez poser une question, veuillez s'il vous plaît composer l'étoile suivie du 1 sur votre clavier téléphonique. Si vous voulez retirer votre question, composez le carré. Thank you. If you would like to ask a question, simply press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. If you would like to withdraw your question, please press the pound key. Again, if you have a question, please press star, then one on your telephone keypad. 
We'll pause for just a moment to compile the Q&A roster. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Your first question comes from the line of Hanir Patel. Your line is open. Hi, good morning. Mario, uh, you know, we've seen a fair bit of uh, M&A in the, in the European box board market uh, in recent months, um, and multiples a fair bit higher than where, where Renault trades. You know, has that changed how you think about potentially monetizing uh, that, that business? Uh, actually, not really. Uh, we maintain the same approach with Europe. Uh, you probably are aware that we are participating in the M&A game in Europe as well. We just uh, announced the, uh, the acquisition of Petrinza, and we think this will generate uh, you know, uh, good synergies and value for the group. So, no, we have not changed our, our position. Okay, fair, fair enough. Then I'm just turning to the container board side, and I'm not sure if we have uh, Charles on the line, but uh, um, you know, how much of the $60 per ton hike, uh, assuming it's fully reflected in the in the trade publication, how much of that is going to be offset by some of the higher uh, freight costs and and uh, commodity inflation that you've been seeing? So. Um... Yes, Amir, this is, uh, this is Charles. Uh, just maybe one point uh, to mention. Uh, uh, we have announced uh, at Cascade uh, $60 on the liner, but uh, uh, we are pushing a price increase uh, further on the median. So uh, we are going to, uh, uh, to implement a $70 on the, on the median. Um, as you know, uh, uh, medium is, is important in, um, in our portfolio. And uh, the increased cost and um, the margin that we're generating with uh, with the medium uh, and the demand, so we we are uh, working on implementing seventy dollars. So I just wanted to mention that part. Um, on the the cost of uh, the impact uh, of the uh, the OCC and the other costs, um, it's uh, as Mario mentioned, it's too early to, uh, to to say about the full impact. Uh, on the course of the year. So right now, uh, there's probably about $30 uh, negative impact, um, but uh, the next few months will tell us if this is going to be uh, for the rest of the year or just uh, in Q1. So. Great. Uh, th- thanks, Charles. That's, that's helpful. And could you give us an update on the uh, offtake um, status at, at, at Bear Island? Um, you know, have you signed any new long-term agreements there yet? Uh, at this point, we don't have any uh, firm uh, of stake. Uh, as we mentioned, there's a few uh, uh, initiatives that we are working on uh, to uh, uh, secure or build up the volume. First of all, our uh, converting operation are continuing to generate uh, good growth, um, so which is uh, a part of, uh, of the, uh, the volume that uh, we will need when we start uh, the, new, uh, the new paper mill. Uh, we're also um, continuing to negotiate with uh, some of our current uh, customers, uh, so we're in, uh, in discussion with them. So, but nothing is, has been signed as we speak. Our starting date um, is uh, December uh, uh, Q4 uh, 2022. Uh, so we are working diligently uh, on uh, on securing some more volume for the startup, and we'll keep you informed on that. Great. Uh, thanks, Charles. That's, uh, that's all I have for now. I'll get back to you. Thank you. Your next question comes from the line of Sean Stewart. Your line is open. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, a couple of questions. First on tissue, uh, it, it looks like the mix this quarter was a, a larger support to, uh, to overall results than we expected would be the case. Can you comment to the extent that the favorable mix trends you saw in, in Q4 are continuing into early 2021. Good morning, Sean, John, um, 
Yes, we saw uh, better sales on the retail side for sure at the end of the year, so that uh, that helped a lot. But we also have to mention, uh, like Alan said, we've, we've put a lot of emphasis on the net revenue management uh, exercise from the margin improvement program that we have. So we've worked a lot to get uh, the right customer mix and the right portfolio with uh, with our customers. So uh, that was mainly the the factor explaining Q4 results. Uh, but uh, we also saw that uh, December was stronger than expected, which is having a negative impact on January. So we don't see a, a, a favorable trend on that side <clears throat> for Q1. Uh, it's going to be pretty much stable, as Mario also said, uh, in terms of, of sales. So on the away from home side, we we saw a slight difference from month to month. Uh, again, de- December was stronger. But January and February are uh, in line with the last few months, I would say. So it's it's too early to see a pickup on the pro on the uh, away from inside. I mean, so it should hey, be thanks, pretty much stable. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Jean David, for that. Um, Alan, the, uh, the the corporate costs climbed in the fourth quarter, and there was reference to a I guess a non-recurring incident charge. How should we expect that to trend? Is it fair to forecast that falling back towards more standard quarterly levels into the, the early part of this year? Yes, sure. Uh, it's uh, when there's incident and it's uh, below our, uh, the amount we can claim, it's uh, it's always recorded in uh, in corporate. And also there, wa- uh, there were more uh, employees, uh, you know, insurance claim than, let's say, in the last a few months of the year compared to the previous month. So, uh, but overall, yes, it, it should uh, revert back uh, to uh, to normalize. Yes. Okay. And and one last one for me, Alan. Uh, can you go through the company's NOL position in in Canada and the U.S. and just trying to get a sense of your ability to to shield cash taxes going forward? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, no. With uh, with the stronger performance of the last few years, certainly that we've uh, we've uh, utilized some of these NOLs uh, at uh, at current level, we expect to be good for the next two three years. But uh, certainly that if we continue to improve, it will uh, offset uh, more rapidly these NOLs. But uh, we still have a few uh, a few years in front of us. Okay. Uh, that's all I had. Thank you very much. Your next question comes from the line of Mark Wild. Your line is open. Good morning, Mario. Good morning, Alan. And congratulations morning. on both a good quarter and uh, and doing what you said you'd do on the balance sheet. A um, couple of questions for me. First of all, any initial read on the impact of these uh, storms and power issues in the southern U.S. kind of across your portfolio? Uh, not so far, uh, Charles. Uh, you're probably the one, or in Jean-David, you're probably the one that I've been the most affected. But uh, uh, high level right now, I would say no impact right now. But uh, Charles, maybe you want to add something, or Jean-David, because uh, at my level, I haven't seen any huge impact. Well, maybe just I can start, uh, Jean-David, I'll let you speak after. Um, for us, uh, the most, uh, we don't have uh, um, an, uh, operation uh, on the container board uh, on that side. Uh, on the supplies, uh, it's so tight right now that our customers um, continue request to, to receive materials. So uh, there was some delays, but uh, not, no major impact. Where we were a bit more concerned at one point was uh, because we make some trades on the craft liner board side, uh, and as we speak, uh, the the impact would be minimal. So um, we we don't see any major impact uh, as we speak, Mark. Okay, and anything over tissue? Yeah, on our side, uh, it's the Oklahoma site that was affected, so uh, machines are still down. uh, So we've, we've lost probably 2,000 tons, I will say about 10 days of production. And uh, the converting site, uh, because of employee not being able to travel, et cetera, et cetera. So it's probably 400,000 cases that we're going to lose. But overall, it's, it's not, not 
net loss because we're moving product around. So we're bringing jumbo rolls from uh, other sites or we're moving cases from other sites. So it's that's huge, but uh, it's not material, we'll see, but it's, it's still an impact on, on freight costs and other, on other costs. Okay. And Mario, kind of looking through kind of 21 and maybe even into 22, any thoughts on just sort of further portfolio moves? Well, right now we're really focused on finalizing what we have started. Uh, as you know, we've launched the Bear Island project, which is a substantial project for us, and it, uh, it started now. We have all the approval commitment. We're negotiating with different supplier and contractors, so uh, a lot of our focus will be dedicated to that. At the same time, uh, as you notice, we've made many changes in restructuring tissue and investing in many different plans, moving tons around. Now we need to ramp up these tons and capture the synergy and the benefit of those investments. So this year, most of our focus will be to finalize the, these investment in tissue and ramping up and uh, focusing on Bear Island. Okay. And then just broadly kind of also looking ahead a little bit, I'm just curious, historically you've been very focused on the use of, of recycled fibers and particularly in tissue, but maybe in container board as well. Any thoughts just given what's going on in the market about uh, perhaps toggling over toward uh, virgin fiber uh, in either of those businesses? We are more focused doing so in, in our tissue segment because, you know, uh, the portfolio of product we have in tissue allows us to use more virgin fiber. As for container board, we still remain really focused being on recycled grades. It's, uh, it's our forte and this is, you know, our focus. So right now, no, we're not looking at uh, any virgin move on the container board side, but, uh, Market is moving in terms of tissue quality uh, demands, and uh, so we are using more virgin fiber in tissue as uh, as we speak. Okay, and I guess you know the last one we've had uh, in the last several weeks, uh, companies in the sector hit by cyber attacks on uh, on both sides of the border, and I wonder, perhaps, Alan, can you just talk about? Um, uh, the uh, the things that you've done at Cascades to defend yourselves from these type of attacks? Yeah, well, uh, we, we've been at it for a few years now. Uh, we have a dedicated team uh, that is in charge of, uh, of uh, monitoring uh, this. Obviously, that the recent events uh, add us maybe uh, accelerate or maybe uh, push on, uh, you know, new things to do or you know to be more rigorous and uh, so on but uh, i think we're we're pretty uh, well served organized we can obviously continue to improve uh, to reduce the risk but uh, we have uh, you know where the key is to uh, if if it ever happens is that uh, we can run our operation on a manual mode and this is maybe something that we must be really ready if it happens. So that's the key uh, for us that uh, we see right now in, uh, within the group, so, yeah. Okay, I'll turn it over. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Your next question comes from the line of Zachary Evershed. Your line is open. Morning, everyone. Congrats on the great quarter. Thank you. I was Thank hoping you. I was hoping you'd give us uh, some more color on the continued margin improvement initiatives and what represents the biggest opportunity in 2021. Well, uh, you, know, you, you, uh, you saw the five pillars. Uh, you, know, it's, uh, you must understand that after all these years of uh, implementing SAP and, and uh, re redesigning our business processes, uh, it was time now to really get the most of uh, all of these new platforms. So I would say that uh, for, for the first year of the program, uh, net revenue management uh, was something that was really uh, a, a strong contributor to this exercise. But uh, all of these, uh, the five pillars have a different uh, you know, objective or things that uh, we're looking at. So, uh, but to answer your question more precisely, uh, first it was uh, net revenue management. 
Thank you. That's helpful. And in terms of the away from home trends that you're seeing in tissue, you mentioned uh, quality improvements across the market. And what are you hearing from customers as they look to maybe restock at the restaurant hotel level? Right now, uh, I think it's still too early. Uh, the, their inventory is on the ice side from our perspective, and their focus is uh, is much more on other product than on, on paper. So uh, we haven't seen much of, a, of an increase or a pickup at this moment. The e-commerce is doing really good, so more and more we're uh, partnering with uh, distributors on, on that channel. So I think this is something we underestimate uh, over the last few years, but this is definitely growing uh, on that side of the market. But sorry, no, uh, too early to say. Gotcha, thanks. Last one for me, a little bit more far-reaching and speculative, but with the shakeup in supply and demand that we saw due to COVID-19 and China's import ban, where do you foresee recycled fiber prices stabilizing over the medium term? Uh, this is uh, Zachary. This is Luc Langevin. I will answer uh, your question. Uh, uh, for the moment, you know, we are in a typical low uh, generation season. Uh, on top of that, in Canada recently, there's been uh, confinement in both Quebec and Ontario, which are uh, important uh, uh, locations for us for uh, fiber generation. And despite these conditions, I mean, we have a, a regular supply at this moment. Uh, we, we, we observe, as, as the rest of the market, some uh, stronger pricing from uh, export. But besides the stronger pricing, there's a limited volume considering the uh, difficulty of bookings of containers. Uh, so it has a, not such a huge impact on the domestic uh, market. Uh, in the future months, you know, we're going to get back to uh, higher generations, uh, and um, I would say now the market is still tight at this period of the year, like it is normally in February, uh, and we expect that the situation is going to uh, become a little bit more favorable for buyers, uh, likely in, uh, in April, May, like it, it normally do. But, you know, our inventories are, are good. And, uh, and we have regular supply at this moment. Thank you very much. I'll turn it over. Again, if you would like to ask a question, please press star then the number one on your telephone keypad. Your next question comes from the line of Paul Quinn. Your line is open. Yeah, thanks very much. Solid, uh, solid Q4 results. Um, I, I guess we'll start in, in container board just a Try to understand what you've announced in terms of the price hike uh, for November and as well as for March. Um, Paul, uh, this is this is Charles. Uh, so uh, what we have announced uh, uh, in November, uh, which we said will be uh, uh, implemented, uh, uh, fully implemented uh, by Q2. Uh, so we did announce a $50 price increase on uh, on the container board, and for the second price increase, uh, which is effective March 1st, uh, we have announced a $60 on the liner board and uh, $70 on uh, the medium. And this, uh, the full impact, uh, we um, uh, we can consider that it's going to be implemented uh, by uh, by Q4. Okay, that's that's uh, great to clarify. Um, and then just maybe uh, just trying to understand the margin improvement of the baseline for 2019. Uh, that's supposed to be a one percent margin improvement. Um, you know, basically you got that percent. Is it off your EBITDA in 2019 as a base? Well, the program, every metrics that we have in the program is based on. Know, cost or you know uh, KPIs uh, based on 2019. So uh, when we'll continue this year and next year, we will always measure this compared to our 2019 basis to make sure that we capture the objectives that were set at the beginning. So uh, it will flow through results, uh, net of related uh, you know, recurring costs that we will incur. Uh, 
it, it will be netted against that. So the objective, yes, it remains to approximately 1% per year. That's how we set the objective at the beginning. Okay, so maybe I, maybe I uh, worded that uh, poorly, but um, that 75 million that you that you achieved, did that it, did that get the 1% off the baseline? Uh, yes, yes, and more, and, and more. so uh, it's no, it, it, it's it's part of the $71 million uh, dollar, uh, improvement in EBITDA, but, uh, you know, in the pillars, there's some that are going through costs and some are going through the top line, so uh, it, it's all through the P&L, but at the end of the day, yes, it's contributing to EBITDA and, uh, you know, helping us to face headwinds uh, that that we have from market conditions so. okay and then um, just on the capex uh, spend the net 200 to 225 that you're going to spend outside of bear island what what portion of that is maintenance what portion is strategic and any important strategic programs in there the uh, the you know the maintenance is uh, still around 75 million dollar per year on all the other assets and the rest of the envelope is split quite equally between the three groups uh, except the Bear Island project which has a, a bigger envelope. Alrighty, that's all I had. Best of luck. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Your next question comes from the line of Mark Wild. Your line is open. Thanks. I, I wondered, uh, Charles, since, since we're kind of flying blind here with this uh, change in FBA reporting, can you give us some sense of, of what you're seeing in box volumes uh, through the uh, through the end of February? There's been some talk in the trade press about maybe volume being a little slower growth, and I, I just wondered what you're seeing in the market through the first two months of the year. Yeah, you're... Uh... The, it's, uh, the, the, the comments right now, what we're seeing, uh, I'm going to speak for, for Cascade because... Uh, the yeah, 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 that's all we want. <laughs> yeah, so it's, um, and, and as you know, we're, uh, we're very present in, in Canada, but uh, also in the northeast, uh, mid and, and south, uh, southeast of, of the United States. So maybe my comments are going to be more related to, to that. Um, so we're seeing that uh, that the uh, the beginning of the year Q1 was uh, was still very strong. Um, the February uh, or mid mid month, uh, as you know, is a smaller uh, or shorter uh, month, but still the per day when we look at our um, our uh, demand and our output, uh, we consider it's very strong. Uh, I think we have to be careful also of the, the Q4, the Q3, Q4 was so strong uh, that uh, just a bit uh, lower demand for a few weeks and people are starting to say that it may be a slowdown. We don't see this at all. Um, so we consider that we're going to see a, a very strong Q1 in the markets where we are still. Um, and that's, that's what we see at, at this point. Okay. All right. That's helpful. And is it also possible over on the tissue side to just recap for us, you know, what kind of uh, price moves might be out in the market right now? Uh, again, I think it's it's early to uh, to say. For sure, we're seeing a major hike on the virgin pulp price here uh, this week, and uh, so the, the forecasts are for higher pricing short term so we'll see how the market evolve um, right now there's uh, there's nothing announced officially uh, but as i said earlier we're we're re working hard on the portfolio and, uh, and the customer mix uh, to get our uh, get advantage of it but uh, no we haven't heard anything or we haven't seen anything on sheet count adjustment or uh, pricing announcement and, and given the fact that most of the big players on the consumer side are non-integrated. How long would you typically expect they can afford to wait before they they try to pass on these higher costs? Do you have any sense of that? I mean, do they have kind of three months, six months protection on their uh, on their fiber cost 
such that they can they can wait a little while and see if this thing is sustained, or do they need to move fairly quickly in order to protect their margins? Uh, that's a good question. It's usually too long, but uh, uh, we haven't <laughs> seen we haven't seen many price increase in the retail U.S. Uh, for quite some time. So we we got one like, two years ago, maybe a little bit more, and we have been many many years before that. So uh, I think we're gonna may, we may see issue count uh, adjustment on the product uh, to compensate. Okay. Mark, I may, if I may add, Mark, it's Mario speaking. It really depends on the speed of the increase in pop. You know, right now, what we see is a rapid increase. It's tough to tolerate such increase in costs in, in our business. So, uh, you know, if it keeps on going at that speed, obviously, you know, I think people might react. That's no doubt. It, it, it would seem like it, Mario. I mean, I think we've all been kind of caught off off guard by the kind of the the speed of this tightening and then the fact that it, you know, seems to be kind of continuing late in the first quarter here. Yeah, I'll turn it over. Surprise. Thank you. Thank you. There are no further questions at this time. Mr. Plourde, please continue. Thank you everyone for being on the call this morning and uh, we're looking forward to talk to you for our Q1 result. Have a good day, everyone. Be safe. Thank you. Thank you. Merci, mesdames et messieurs. Cela met fin à la conférence aujourd'hui. Vous pouvez maintenant raccrocher. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This concludes today's conference call. You may now disconnect. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.